Game Quest is brought to you by our friends over at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store focusing on natural products and organic remedies to a variety of elements. You can visit one of the four locations located in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, and Sevierville, and the newest location in Knoxville, 8018 Kingston Pike, across the street from the Trader Joe's. Smoky Mountain Organics features the most... Uh, the best brands in CBD products, bath and body care items, organic teas, and had the largest selection of plant therapy essential oils in Tennessee, plus many more items. And if you mention VolQuest at any of their in-store locations, uh, you're going to get 15% off your total purchase. That's 15% off your total in-store purchase just by mentioning VolQuest. Big thanks to Smoky Mountain Organics for helping GameQuest uh, become a thing. Your GameQuest Vanderbilt edition, it starts now. <laughs> It's another game day for Tennessee football and first-year head coach Josh Heupel. Get in the know with GameQuest, a VolQuest pregame podcast with Ben McKee and Eric Kane. GameQuest starts now. Welcome to GameQuest, a Vanderbilt edition. The regular season has come and gone, and Tennessee will conclude Josh Heupel's inaugural regular season later this afternoon, 345 Eastern time. What a kickoff time on the SEC Network. And of course, on the Vol Radio Network, I'm Mary Kane alongside Ben McKee, and a couple of things we want to talk about. Of course, we want to break down this matchup: Tennessee Vanderbilt's in-state foe. This will be the 115th playing between the Vols and the Commodores. Um, a final game day recruiting visits will be happening today as well. And then the big news of the weekend really came out uh, Friday morning. Ben McKee, happy game day! Was Tennessee officially will no longer have the services? of Tyon Evans. What's up, man? What's up, my guy? Hope everybody has a happy game day. The last day inside of Neyland Stadium of the year. Neyland Stadium will look much different next year upon our return when Tennessee takes on Ball State to begin the season. North end zone will look different. West end zone, or not west end zone. There isn't a west end zone, but the west sideline will look different. <laughs> Uh, just give it some time and I'll say something stupid um, and just give it some time and you'll say something stupid. So, uh, Always. but, <laughs> but a happy game day. Game days are just the absolute best. And yeah, Ty and Evans no longer a part of the Tennessee football team. I, I, I guess technically he is still a part of the Tennessee football team until he officially decides to transfer, but he is in the transfer portal. And I, I think it caught a lot of people off guard. Friday morning when he decided to make that decision. But uh, this is, uh, I, I guess you could say, an issue. And, and, and it's more of a, a Tyon Evans issue than a Tennessee football issue. And what I mean when I say that is that this wasn't something that Tennessee football did to cause Tyon to leave. I just think that there were several contributing factors, Eric, whether it be his, his ankle and the way kind of his season has gone, uh, his his classwork, quite frankly, his his buy-in to the Tennessee football program, several contributing factors as to why Tyon Evans is is in the transfer portal, and uh, I, I don't know that this is as big of a loss as many may appear, just based off of how he is a as as a football player. And look, he's a great football player. I stated several times this year that I think he's Tennessee's best back, but 
how reliable can you be if, if you're not handling your business away from the practice field or e- even if your ankle is not allowing you to be available as well? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, truth in what you just said, in my opinion. Um, I, I think, first and foremost, it, it's not one thing. It's several things, like you pointed out. Um, he has – I mean, he is a child, and, you know, maybe he wants to be closer uh, to home, uh, you know, to, to see his child. Um, I don't think anybody knows exactly, you know, what the what the last straw was, if you will. Um, I, I You know, I, I know that he is not a guy that particularly likes school, but I, I don't know about his academic grades. I'm not going to say he's failing any classes. I don't know that. Um you know, he can't stay healthy. He has missed far more than he has he has been available. So I think it is a combination of a uh, of some. I, I don't think the coaches are heartbroken over this. I think the coaches would rather have him. I, I do, uh, because I do think he is a really, really good player. I mean, Nick Saban did call him Tennessee's best offensive player prior to the Alabama game. But since then, he has carried the ball, I want to say, eight times. Um, so durability definitely a factor so we'll see I'm, I'm i'm more been intrigued with what's coming up next for him um yeah and when they leave tennessee i don't i don't usually follow or care anymore and and, and that's going to be the case but you know for him is he going to play again is he going to play in college again i hope and pray that no one gives him advice to try to go to the league because he does not have any tape to do that right now in my opinion so it'll be interesting uh friday mid-morning I got a hold of Austin Price he was in the airports commuting back um, I got some thoughts from Austin Price on the Tyon Evans situation give this a listen a couple of minutes here's Austin Price Austin Price some breaking news on a Friday morning Tennessee running back Tyon Evans uh, has announced his intentions to enter the transfer portal uh, it's something that we spoke on a little bit but overall coming as a shock to the fan base do you have more on this well I, you know I think that when you look at the way this thing's played out over the last few weeks. I mean, Tyon, you know, uh, just hasn't been available. I don't even think he was at the game last Saturday. You know, he was nowhere on the sidelines, at least not, the you know, when I looked. And, uh, you know, it just seems like things have been trending uh, away from him being a part of this football program for the last few weeks. And, um, you know, I mean, everybody knows the kid doesn't really like school all too much. Um, he's got a little one. Um and, uh, you know, it just seems like things weren't jiving very well. Obviously, when things were going great early in the year, you know, everything's hunky-dory. And then, you know, he got a little bit of a, you know, hurt ankle and, you know, just never got quite recovered from it and, you know, has decided to look elsewhere. So for Tyler Evans, is it truly looking elsewhere to find a better opportunity? Do you think he might explore trying to see if he can get on with a camp, the NFL draft. I mean, what what is next in his mind for his football playing career? Well, I mean, the kid just doesn't have a lot on tape, Eric. And so when you look at, you know, what an NFL team is going to be looking for, they want somebody that's dependable and durable. And has he shown enough to be that? I mean, I guess you could always take a flyer. I mean, look at Bryce Brown. He didn't have a whole lot on tape in college, and yet – hung around in the NFL for a few years, and uh, no one probably would have predicted that when he just did nothing in college, basically. So, you know, can Tyon Evans be that kind of guy? Maybe, I guess so, but, you know, I think probably more than likely we'll try to give it one more go in college next year, and uh, South Carolina makes the most sense. I mean, that's who finished second for him to Tennessee in his recruitment. That's his home state school. Um, you know, uh, if he's going to stay in college, I would look for him to get closer to home and South Carolina makes the most sense. And I think they would definitely take Ty on Evans. All right. Last thing. Why the, the, the timing of this, I guess, uh, Friday morning before the season finale, 
why on Friday and not Saturday after the game or any other time, really? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know the answer to it. I mean, obviously, it is not great timing. I mean, it just, it just becomes a distraction. You know, uh, it just you could have waited. You could have handled your thing, handled things differently. Um, you know, I know. You know, you look at a guy like Harrison Bailey. You know, I mean, Harrison Bailey. You know, put his out more strategic. You know, earlier uh, in the month of November than than Tyon Evans has now. So, interested to see kind of. You know, the you know how this all plays out, where it all goes from here. But once Tennessee gets to the game, you know, at three forty-five on Saturday, this is going to be a, a moot point. It'll be a little blurb they talk about in the during the television broadcast. But you know, people will move on. Tyon's not played the last several weeks. It's been the Jabari Small and and Jalen Wright show, and that's what it'll be uh, come Saturday at three forty-five. And so, yeah, like like what we've been talking about, Ben. It's just kind of. Just kind of one of those things. I don't think it was one thing. I think it was a couple of little things, but nonetheless, Tennessee, and he's in the transfer portal. I'd be shocked if he decided to come back. Uh, but Tyon Evans is looking for another opportunity, just as he stated on social media Friday morning. Yeah, and now Tennessee turns its attention to what's next. You, you don't need Tyon Evans against Vanderbilt. You probably don't need him in the bowl game. You can win the next two games to finish out the 2021 campaign with Jabari Small, with Jalen Wright. Uh, I think with Lenith Whitehead contributing some carries here and there, but turning the, the, the conversation to a much larger offseason conversation, does Tennessee feel good with its backs heading into next season? And in the SEC, as we learned this year, you need three or four. And yeah. – I feel good about Jabari Small and Jalen Wright going into next season, but does Tennessee feel good about a third back being kind of a, a mix of Laneith Whitehead and, and Dylan Sampson, uh, essentially, who is currently committed to Tennessee. Sampson is out of Louisiana and uh, should be a, a freshman for the Vols next year, a speedster. Do, do you feel good about Whitehead and Sampson being kind of that 3A, 3B type of situation if not you've got to go out in the portal and get somebody else and maybe because every position could use some help maybe running back gets left out and and I could understand that because I do think that there are several positions ahead of the running back position that needs more help and, and you're you're not going to be able to address every position in the portal this offseason so there's going to be a position or two left out maybe running back is that but if you don't feel good about whitehead sampson being your 3a 3b next season then then you've got to find a way to go out and get somebody from the transfer portal and there will be plenty of running backs available there are each and every year go out and find one that can contribute next year and, and kind of be jabari small and jalen wright's partner in crime yeah, and just like we talked about on the uh, the Volquest Mailbag podcast, that first wave, it's going to happen as soon as the game's in on Saturday. That first big wave, and uh, it'll it'll last all all next week as as the regular season comes to an end. Uh, teams start to prepare for bowl games. Players start to evaluate their stance and say, "Okay, well, if I want to leave, I need to use this month to figure out where I'm going, get my ducks in a row, so I can be enrolled, ready to roll for January." So, yeah, to your point, there's going to be a lot of guys in the transfer portal. Um, Man, Tennessee was lucky uh, this year because I mean I, I think Jabari Small is a good back. I do. Um, I, I think Tyon Evans is is more of a, is a more explosive back when healthy. I think that he's better 
But man, I've said this many, many times. It's not like Jabari Small's bad. It's not like he's far behind. Um, he is Tennessee's starting running back and has been all season long for a reason, right? But neither one of those guys, very little, were they on the field at the same time, meaning were they available and playing at the same time, trading off that true 1A to 1B. So, you know, if Jabari Small were to go out, and, and, you know, that that it's happened at points in times this season, Pittsburgh and a little bit else, uh, second half against uh, Georgia. You got Jalen Wright and Laneith Whitehead and, you know, Dylan Sanson, as you mentioned. That's why I think Justin Williams is, is all the more important as well, um, along with the transfer portal. Tennessee, Jerry Mack said, and, and Alex Golsh has said many, many times, you need six running backs ready to roll, and Tennessee didn't have that this year. So, um, yeah, there's, there's the bigger issue. That's the larger issue at hand is, you turn your attention now to, okay, well, what now? How are you going to feel that? Because, you know, Tom Evans is, um, you know, no longer going to be here, it looks like. So uh, that was the big news on Friday. Um, and again, best of luck to him, whatever happens. Like I said, I, I'm intrigued to see what is next with him. I, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope he is not getting advised to declare for the NFL draft. And I don't think that's the case, but man, he does not have enough tape. He has barely played. Um, is he going to go back to South Carolina where, you know, Tennessee won out over the Gamecocks. Is he going to go look to somewhere else? I don't know. So I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen there. I think that he's when healthy. I think he's a good player. Uh, so we will see. But obviously, Ben uh, Vanderbilt is coming to town, 345 Eastern time this afternoon. It is the two and seven Commodores, uh, winless in Southeastern Conference play. They have lost six in a row. Um, it has not been a good start for head coach Clark Lee taking over for Derek Mason. But just like last week with South Alabama, Tennessee not underestimating any opponent, treating each opponent like it's um, like like you're playing Kentucky or Georgia or Auburn or whoever. And Tennessee did a good job of that last week. I expect Tennessee to do a good job this week against Vanderbilt as well. Let's briefly talk about the Commodores before shifting over to senior day. I just, I mean, Vanderbilt on paper, man. I mean, I do those first glances, have all season. I've watched some Vanderbilt this year. This is the worst football team I've seen on paper in a long time. I mean, you talk about, trailing in the SEC, being last in the SEC in almost every major statistical category, total offense, total defense, scoring offense, scoring defense, passing offense, passing defense, first downs per game, time of possession, all that type of stuff. That is Vanderbilt, and a big reason why, Ben, is because it's had poor quarterback play with uh, Ken Seals, who started the first six games of the season, and then the guy that Tennessee's going to see today, the speedster, Mike Wright. Yeah, and I kind of like Mike Wright. To be honest with you, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to amount to be a, a, a draft-worthy quarterback or SEC, you know, first, second, or third team type of quarterback. I, I don't, I don't think that will happen. So please don't get my words twisted. I, I just think he's, he's really athletic and presents problems for defenses. He, he's a headache to deal with just because of his speed that you mentioned and his athleticism and he's still young he's still growing within that position and I, I thought if you go back and you watch the Ole Miss game I, I thought he took some steps forward in that game and and made some real growth and, and was able to make some plays as as he settled in uh, on the road in Oxford and look part of it I think is the fact that Ole Miss was not really locked in to that to that game so I I can certainly understand that perspective or somebody wanting to argue that Ole Miss wasn't locked in but I thought I thought Mike Wright looked fairly fairly well and he's not surrounded by a ton of great pieces and the reason I'm spending so much time talking about Mike Wright is because he he's truly the only part of this football game 
that intrigues me. He, he's the only part of this football game that is worth discussing. And, and part of the reason he's so, so worth discussing is because of Tennessee's struggles to defend mobile quarterbacks this season. Eric mentioned all the categories in which Kentucky or Kentucky Vanderbilt struggles. They're, they're bad all over the board. They're, they're not efficient in anything that they can do. The, the only thing that they can possibly do is make some plays with Mike Wright's legs. And again, the, the reason I'm emphasizing this is because Tennessee has struggled to contain these type of quarterbacks. So I will be very intrigued as to how Tennessee is able to defend Mike Wright. I, I think it would it would be really cool to see Tennessee make progress in that department as they enter bowl season in terms of just defending a quarterback that can make plays with his legs. Man, every week we're talking about, I mean, Tennessee's got to defend the quarterback. Um, even with Stetson Bennett, who is not the fleetest of foot, but he can make plays happen with his legs, and he did. Um, I mean, that is the slant, defending the slant from last year is 100% been replaced by this year's defending the quarterback. And, uh, you know, ever since Matt Corral, you know, midseason there with Ole Miss, and, um, man, what a, what, a, what a season he's had. Of course, Ole Miss last night in the Egg Bowl or two nights ago in the Egg Bowl. But, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, that is – I talked to Chris Lee of VandySports.com. That's, you know, rivals covering Vanderbilt. And he said, hey, he ran track. He ran like a like a 10-something. And I know in track that is so vague. I want to say 10-7, but that might be too fast. I can't remember what he said. It's not a 10-9. I feel like 10-9 is too slow. But anyway, super fast. Okay. And, um, you know, that's that's going to that's gonna you know give Tennessee some, some struggles. So we'll see. Other best running back has not played in quite some time. Um, you know, their best receivers, Chris Pierce, uh, you know, you got to stop him. Cam Johnson's got the most touchdowns of all of them. Uh, but this is an offense that is, it is truly struggling. And then defensively too, um, you just, gosh, I hate to sound like, so not even cliche because the word I'm about to use is so weird. You got, you got no bull hookers. All right. That's one of my old football coaches used to say, you got no, you got no players, you got no guys out there that are doing anything. Right. I mean, you've got two linebackers that are, that are okay. And, um, and free and Ben, if I'm saying his name wrong, please correct me. And for any orgy middle linebacker. Okay. And, um, Ethan Barr, I, I say, I say we stick with orgy just for the fun of it. So orgy, you've got orgy. Yes. Orgy and bar. Uh, those are some, some two really good players in the middle. Uh, but this defense, it, it actually surprisingly Ben, it's got 13 interceptions and, and, and that's not bad at all. It's only got nine sacks. So I think Tennessee's offensive line who will not have Cade Mays, um, you know, we'll see. I believe at least Josh Heupel made it seem like Cooper Mays is going to be okay. Um, we'll see exactly who's out there on that offensive line, but it looks like that offensive line should be able to protect Hendon Hooker today, and Tennessee should be able to jump out to a fast lead and and take advantage of that first quarter like it always has. So um, it just kind of is what it is, man. This Vanderbilt team on paper, not good. Um, in real life, it's not been good, but it is why you play the game. You, it's, it's why you play the game. And to Vanderbilt's credit, and I've tried to mention this as much as I can all week long, um, you know, they played with Ole Miss in the second half a little bit. Uh, two weeks ago against Kentucky, uh, Kentucky scored 31 in the quarters in, in the first and second quarter, held them to three points in the second half. So they flipped the switch defensively. I don't know what happened. I don't know if Kentucky was, you know, changing its game plan or whatever, but, uh, you know, they, they, they have not turned over and just quit like you've seen happening in Gainesville right now. And so it's why you play the game. And I think Tennessee's, uh, team and seniors will be able to rise to this occasion. Yeah, and I, I think the fact that Vanderbilt has not turned over and, and quit is really the only positive to take away from Vanderbilt this season. And I like Clark Lee 
I know there, there's been some corniness there with, with taking the names off the back of the jerseys. Dude. And look, I, I think that's corny as, as well. But I, I mean, I think he gets it. Like, I, I, in terms of like understanding the task at hand at Vanderbilt, I, I think he's a good defensive mind. Um, his resume speaks for itself. But I, I just, for his sake, not that I really have any personal interest uh, invested in him, but just in general, I almost fear for him that he's just taking an impossible task. And it's just like anybody with that job, right? Correct. Career suicide is mm-hmm. essentially what I'm getting at. Like, I think Derek Mason is a good head coach. I do too. And I, I think Vanderbilt was career suicide. Derek Mason can recruit. One of my best friends on this planet played for him at Vanderbilt and, and loves him to death, would do anything for Derek Mason. I've, I've only ever heard good things about Derek Mason from the player's perspective. They, they go to war for that guy. He can recruit. Players go to war for him. And he's great defensively. And it, it appears that other coaches like coaching with him. So, like, Derek Mason, you, you stick him out in the Pac-12 at, at some place where you can actually win. Heck, anywhere across the country. I think Derek Mason would be successful. I think he's going to prove that after he leaves Auburn as defensive coordinator. And I wonder if Clark Lee will follow down that same path. But the one thing you haven't been able to question is how hard Vanderbilt plays. And ultimately, the the game this afternoon, it's going to come down to Tennessee. Tennessee's going to win regardless. I would be absolutely floored if, if Tennessee did not win. But if Tennessee – barely wins and has to squeak out a win or, or looks ugly within this win, it's going to be because Tennessee didn't show up ready to play. Whereas if they show up ready to play, there's going to be a, a lot of points on the board and it's going to be very similar to last week. And that's what I expect to happen. I, I would be very surprised if Tennessee isn't ready to play. These senior leaders, Josh Heupel, Tim Banks, Alex Golish, the, the leadership on this in this football program has done a great job of, of being ready to play. They may not always play perfect football, but they're always ready to play and they always play with a ton of effort. And I expect that again this afternoon. Yeah. One more thing on Clark Lee, man, when you and I were sitting in Hoover at SEC media days and um, I forgot which of the offensive linemen they had, they got up there and spoke and he was like, yeah, we don't have numbers right now. We don't have our jerk. We don't have our lockers right now. Coach Lee says we got to earn that back. I'm like, Red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. It's like, it's so weird. But again, he's a Vanderbilt guy. And uh, as you point out, his track record does speak for itself. So it's not like anything else was working at Vanderbilt. So I'm not I'm not sitting here just trying to criticize it. I just think it was weird. And I, I, I hate that fake stuff. It's so annoying. But anyway, it, and I mean, week one ETSU, oh my gosh. I mean, that Vanderbilt got demolished by ETSU. And it should have been 30 to three. Um you talk about embarrassing way to start your tenure, but again, it has not quit. It has turned over. It's got at least two wins. It's played here lately, and we'll see see exactly you know what the final score will be tomorrow and and what's in store for Vanderbilt. Um, I think it's kind of like what you said in the pick segment. It's for the second straight week. It's not will Tennessee win. It's by how much, and so I'm intrigued by that. And, and really, one of the bigger stories of the day, and this has been the story all week long, uh, Ben, because honestly, it, it's it's Vanderbilt. If if Tennessee was playing Ole Miss, it'd be a different story of. Uh, breaking these downs and matchups and all that. But it is senior day, man. You know, who will be out there for the pregame uh, ceremony? Who won't be? 
Um, I don't want to get into names here and there because I don't I don't know all of them. But uh, you know, I think we all uh, assume who might be out there and who won't be. Some guys we know for a fact will be out there because they can't return as Phelous Jones Jr., Javante Payton, Matthew Butler, um, Alante Taylor is going to be out there. He accepted a invitation to the Reese's Senior Bowl. I mean, those guys have meant so much. I mean, at least the last couple to Tennessee's program. I mean, you're talking about Jaquan Blakely, who was in the class of 2016. I mean, in 2016, I was still at Carson Newman. I mean, like, like that was a long time ago. Um, I'm saying something because you are old, man. I, I'm super old. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting up there for sure. And um, you know, Matthew Butler, class of 2017. Alante Taylor came in. Jeremy Pruitt brought him and Bryce Thompson in and Trayvon Flowers in. And all three of those guys started from day one. I mean, these guys have been through the ringer and they didn't leave. And they're playing huge parts of the team this year. So, you know, not to be all sentimental and everything, but, you know, senior day, it's always emotional. I truly believe, man, these seniors deserve a lot of praise for what they've done and they've stuck through and they're just leaders. And, um, you know, um, we'll, we'll, I hope that they get a really, really good um, you know, round of applause, if you will. And I hope they get, get a good crowd tomorrow to kind of send them off. Yeah, that, that's where I was about to go, Kaner, is, is that Tennessee fans need – to not only show up to the game, but show up 15, 20 minutes before kickoff and make an effort to, to really applaud these seniors because Theo Jackson, Matthew Butler, I mean, so on and, and so forth. I'll forget names if I try to rattle them all off. Alante Taylor, Jaquan Blakely, uh, Cade Mays, man. Uh, there, there's a lot of seniors on, on this particular squad that not only saw a lot of guys transfer and and leave, and that would have been the easy way out for for the the ones that stuck. Not only did they stick through the crap from the offseason, but it it fueled them to be even better players and leaders than they than they already were. And without the Theo Jacksons and Matt Butlers and all the other guys I named. Tennessee's not finishing seven and five in year one under Josh Heupel going to a pretty nice bowl game with a chance to win eight games. They're just mm-hmm. not doing that. If, if these guys don't decide to stick it out and they did, and, and they've grown as football players, they've, they've grown as leaders. They've grown as men away from the football field. I, I just have so much admiration for guys like Matthew Butler and, and Theo Jackson and, and Alante Taylor. And I kind of had that realization this week when we were speaking to them, during their media availabilities, they're just they're just good dudes, man. That that mean well and have great intentions, and I just don't know how you couldn't root for them. And man, I hope they go on to the next level and have just a, a tremendous amount of success. So I, I think you're spot on there, Kane, with what you said at the the end. Like Tennessee fans need to not only show up and give this this team a nice crowd to to go to go off with into the bowl game, but they, they need a loud round of applause. So don't don't just make an effort to be there. Make an effort to, to be there and show up early and uh, give a nice round of applause to these seniors because Tennessee wouldn't be 7-5 and five and go into a great bowl game with a chance to win eight. The, the feelings wouldn't be all positive and, and, and happy and whatnot if it weren't for these guys. Yep, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, and some of these guys have played, uh, played themselves into some money this year. I mean, dude, Theo Jackson, Matthew Butler – I mean, two guys that are like, wow, okay, you are Alante Taylor. Alante Taylor. Now, I'm not saying that Theo Jackson will get drafted. I, I don't know where his stock is or anything like that. But Matthew Butler, you know, probably a draftable player now. Probably, probably day three late. 
Lonnie Taylor might probably get drafted. I mean, those guys played for some money this year for sure. All right, bowl prediction time. Um, you know, it's 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 always kind of wacky whenever you have a line that's 31 and a half, right? I'll give my bowl prediction. I, I think Tennessee forces multiple turnovers. I'll say Tennessee forces four turnovers. I think it is a route. I think Tennessee will pick off some passes, put a hat on ball. Uh, poke that ball loose. I think a lot of players will play. I think Tennessee will make an effort to get and play a lot of seniors and play those guys a lot of times, um, a lot of snaps, I mean. So I will say Tennessee forces – I will say Tennessee wins the turnover battle by four tomorrow today against Vanderbilt. My bold prediction is that Theo Jackson has a pick six. That That is my bold prediction. This week he talked about spending three to four hours a day Watching extra film. Okay, so when he said that, I thought he said, and I said this in the two minute, I thought he said three to four hours a week on his own because even that is a ton of time to watch film on your own because you're watching it still every single day in the facility with the team. Three to four hours a day is incredible. And I think it just shows the investment that he has for this year because it's evident he's playing confident and he knows exactly what's happening a lot of times before it happens. Yes. And maybe we need to go back and, and check the tape because I heard a day, but. Uh, as we established off the top of this podcast, I am an idiot. Uh, Fran Frisilla confirmed I was an idiot during the North Carolina game uh, on on the basketball floor that last Sunday. So uh, we're just a bunch of idiots sitting around here, particularly me. But but regardless, the point is that Theo Jackson puts a lot of time and effort away from the the practice field, away from the the game field, and it's by watching as much tape as he does, and it's shown up on the field the, those near interceptions on simple screens are 1000 percent a byproduct of watching as much film as as he does and i heard you mention it this week uh, i think brent mentioned it this week you can see theo before the play he'll take a step in uh, one direction or, or another or drop back or, or kind of take a couple steps in you, you watch him before the play. He, he knows what's coming, and it's, it's the byproduct of, of how much film he watches. So he's had a couple. I, I vividly remember the Kentucky pick that, that he almost had where he said if Will Levis threw, threw a better ball, it, it would have been an interception, <laughs> which was a hilarious quote. So I, I think, like, one of those plays pops up. I think he, he picks off a screen pass and takes it to the house. I like That's that. my bold prediction. And here's the other thing that I do want to hit on before we get out of here that we have not mentioned, Tennessee and Vanderbilt do not like each other. Yeah. I, I realize, as we've talked about on this podcast before, Vanderbilt is not the Alabama-Georgia, Florida type of rivalry game, but there's enough dislike between the players, between the fans, to where it does feel like a rivalry game. And Theo Jackson talked this week about this game being personal to him. He, he grew up 10 minutes, uh, his Home in Nashville is 10 minutes away from mighty Vanderbilt Stadium. And, like, this game is personal for him. And and he's been reminded over the years as a guy that's lost to Vanderbilt, like, hey, bro, <laughs> you lost to Vanderbilt. Like, his <laughs> friends have been picking on him. He talked about yeah. that this week. So this game is personal for him, and you and you pair that with the, the amount of time and effort he puts into prep, I think he comes up with a pick six. So Theo Jack, there, there is, there is nothing better than knowing what's going to happen before it happened. Okay. Theo Jackson, at, you know, even though he's fast, even though he's got skills and everything, he is often at a disadvantage at the power five level or has been in years past because of his lack of athleticism. Right. 
Um, dude, you know, it's let's make this about me real quick and let's go back Uncle Rico style. Man, I was just like that in D2, but I would know like they would call the plays a line of scrimmage and I would know what it is. And so I would cheat that way. I would make the play. The offense, whatever we go up against them in scrimmages or practice or whatever, they would call the play the line of scrimmage. And the guys I played with were I'm not going to say dumb, but they they didn't catch on to it. But, I mean, if you know the play call, you just cheat that way. You go make the play. It's so easy. And Theo is doing that right now, and he is he is making plays, and he is he is looking like a baller out there. So, I mean, that's you're – going, You're going Uncle Rico. I'm going Ron Burgundy and saying, I don't believe you. <laughs> Dude, check – tape don't lie, man. Tape don't lie. Is There's this, is this you were the Bojangles player of the week? I was the Bojangles player of the week. It was it was my earlier years with Bojangles, then it switched to Lisa's Country Kitchen player of the week. So I was both a couple of times. Is that your mom? It doesn't count if your mom is giving you the player of the week. Listen, I was the player of the week in my mom's heart every week, okay? What, what's your mom's name? Ginger. Not Lisa. Ginger. But okay. Lisa is Ginger's like a, a mother figure what for me. What an accomplishment. You should put that in your Twitter bio. Son to Ginge, son to Ginge. All right, let's finish strong here because this has gone off on a bad spot. Uh, a couple minutes left before we got to go out and do some stuff here on game day. Uh, last last week to host visits for a game day. Uh, Joshua Joseph's in the boat. James Pierce, Tennessee's still looking at him now, uh, but everybody's looking at a guy that will announce his commits uh, somewhere on Monday. I really think this is a Florida-Tennessee battle, but it's Florida-Tennessee and Nebraska. Ben, you've talked to him. I've talked to him. He is the son of a, uh, a really, 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 really good NFL player back in the day. His name is Christian Harrison. What, what What's the vibe you're getting there, my man? Tennessee is the vibe that I'm picking up. We'll see. Same. I think Tennessee is in a really good spot. Uh, I think the, the, the uncertainty at Florida is um, something that's really going to help Tennessee, and, and I don't. I don't know where Nebraska came from, quite frankly. Uh, it, it had always been Florida, Tennessee. When when I had talked to him, I guess he just wanted to name a, a top three, and and that's perfectly fine. But I think Tennessee's in a in a good spot there, and and I'm really interested to see Kane how Tennessee's defensive backs class uh, looks come signing day, come the actual signing day in in February, because you've got Christian Harrison. Looks like Tennessee. Uh, is going to get him in the boat on on Monday, but this weekend you got Marquis Gilbert, a JUCO DB. He's the only official visitor. Uh, Christian Harrison himself is supposed to be back in town uh, this afternoon for the game, but uh, you'll have Christian Harrison, high school kid out of Georgia, obviously. But then you've got the JUCO uh, Marquis Gilbert. You've got another JUCO DB, Michael Caraway, who told me uh, last week. Well, he was trying to be here for the South Alabama game last week, couldn't make it, and then told me that he was going to try to make it back in town for the Vanderbilt game. So uh, he is supposedly going to be here. And there's several other JUCO DBs that, that Tennessee is after Kane. So I, I'm really interested to see how Tennessee's defensive back class turns out. Yeah, Keontae Scott, another one of those guys. And, um, of course, you got Cody Jones of the prep level, Michigan commits. And uh, we'll have to see, you know, kind of what happens from there. So Jeremiah Caldwell still in the mix there, Michigan State, Tennessee. Um, yeah, should be interesting there. It's just a couple of weeks away from the early signing period. But as you pointed out, uh, Marquise Gilbert um, will be in town as an official visitor this weekend. And, of course, we'll have all the recruiting coverage 
at VolQuest.com. All right, so Tennessee Vanderbilt today, 345 Eastern time. It's going to be on the SEC Network. The Deuce will be on the color. LVFL Andrea Carter uh, will be on the sideline. So that's uh, some interesting stuff there. And uh, should be a game Tennessee wins and wins pretty easily. For Ben McKee, I am Eric Kane. Again, a special shout-out to Smoky Mountain Organics for making this podcast possible. Stop by any of the four locations Gallenberg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and the newest location, 8018 Kingston Pike. Mention VolQuest, and you'll get 15% off your total purchase at in-store purchases only. That is Smoky Mountain Organics. Enjoy game day, everybody. Appreciate you listening all season long. We'll be back with something else coming up soon. This has been GameQuest, your Vanderbilt edition. You've been listening to GameQuest, a VolQuest pregame podcast with Ben McKee and Eric King. Stay dialed in to VolQuest.com for complete game day coverage. This has been GameQuest, a VolQuest production.